Given current turbulent conversations around physical and cybersecurity, it's hard to get an exact pulse on the state of the industry and where to start shoring up corporate processes to protect information. But with business and personal safety on the line, it's become increasingly important to be able to identify and combat security vulnerabilities and breaches. I'm Nick Holland with ISMG, and today I'm joined by Stephen Katz, former CISO for JP Morgan Chase and Citigroup. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. So you're, you're, I believe, the world's first CISO. So given that that was somewhat uncharted territory back then, what, what was it like taking that role on? Uh, comment I've made a bunch of times, and I'll probably make it again, is uh, Citigroup or Citicorp was hacked in 1994, pre-internet. And I was, at the, at the time, the head of data security at uh, JP Morgan, uh, Morgan Guarantee. And a month after I arrived at City, the news about the hack became public. It was almost a year later. And the question I was asked regularly is, what was it like? What is it like to become the head of CISO at which is a brand new title at one of the biggest targets in the country? And I said, not a problem. I sleep like a baby. I get up every 10 minutes and cry. The, the realization we had then is that one, the, the event happened. Uh, to the the board got directly involved very quickly and uh, charted the CEO and the CTO to uh, put together, identify the an information security executives who would be two down from the board and had full buy-in from the board and from the risk committee. And essentially they said, give me two immediate uh, assignments. One is build a world-class organization. And two, since the <clears throat> hack impacted the international funds transfer system, to meet with the corporate treasurers or controllers of cities' top 20 international clients. And the philosophy we put in place then, in fact, we also had it uh, at uh, Morgan Guarantee, is that information security is a business risk management issue, not a technology issue. Let's make sure that anything we put in place is resolving a, a, a business a business risk. And the other and the other part of that is we recognize security has to evolve and grow at the same pace as as the business. Uh, and recognizing that risk is a component and trying to figure out at times what can you do to address or minimize the risk. Uh, and one of the key things again was uh, making sure that we built a very resilient transparent security framework that revolved around knowing who was trying to use the uh, city resource uh, and once you knew what they were effectively controlling what they could and couldn't do and then putting together some really effective detection mechanisms so that when something happened uh, we knew about it quickly enough to, to react and quickly enough to understand what happened and uh, making it better. Part of that involved putting together a, a pretty much comprehensive uh, set of tabletop exercises that we run regularly that would also include the CEO. So that when something happened, we were prepared to deal with it as much as possible. And to also make sure that when executives, when, when an issue became public and it required involvement from uh, the executives with the CEO or the general auditor or general counsel, they were well prepared to answer what happened and why it happened and take control of the story and the issue 
similar way Johnson Johnson took control of the Tylenol issue a year ago. Uh, the other thing we did in the philosophy was very, very, you know, very straightforward then. I don't know why it isn't, uh, uh, you know, way of life today, but security has to be an enabler of the business. Security has to earn a site at the, at the executive table. And too often we give people the title chief information security officer. They don't believe they're, they're an executive and the executives don't believe they're an executive. So the folks really have to understand that we are there to solve a business problem. We are there to help minimize and deal with, with risk the same way the CFO had to deal with risk, the same way the head of a trading floor had to deal with risk, the same way as a lending officer had to deal with risk, or the same way a hospital has to deal with risk. Recognizing that compliance is, is, is there, but compliance had to be viewed, and we did it well, I think, as a floor, not a ceiling. And we also had to figure out how we made sure that security was viewed as a business enabler and a business advisor uh, as new products were developed or as um, um, acquisitions were taking place, the divestitures were taking place. So, I mean, moving on, what should CISOs be thinking about and be prepared for in the year ahead? Well, two things. I, I mentioned a bunch of CISOs. The first question I think every CISO or CISO wannabe needs to ask themselves is, do I really want to be a CISO and why? Because it is, it is very much a business function and, and it requires the CISO who is often often has a strong technical or audit background to develop a set of negotiating skills and to become the chief security evangelist within the company uh, and, and to also be running a business within a business called information security. Uh, the thread ahead is we are living in a constantly changing environment uh, and probably the pace of change where we think it's been fast over the past five years will probably be incrementally faster going forward. Uh, attack surfaces have expanded. IoT has become a way of life. BYOD is becoming a way of life. And, you know, phishing has become a way of life. Uh, malware has become a way of life. And we need to come up with effective ways of dealing with it. The other thing I think the CISO has to be you know, really concerned about is we are living in a time where, where the United States is imposing or has imposed uh, interesting financial sanctions on a whole lot of people who companies, countries that are not our friends. And we become, since we are so totally reliant on technology and, uh, and every, you know, virtually everything we do, you know, every form of business we have, we have to be really certain that we've come up with effective ways to identify and deal with attacks coming in from nation states who, for a variety of reasons, uh, want to uh, either gain information in terms of pirating intellectual property or bring down the economy because the impact of uh, U.S. imposed economic sanctions having a, have an effect on them and a kinetic attack would be absolutely the wrong thing. They're smart enough to do, know that. But a cyber attack is pretty invisible, hard to, uh, hard to track down, hard to track down the perpetrators. And if you find them, it's almost impossible to, to prosecute them. And if we come up with lists of 10, 15, 20 people in XYZ company who we've identified as bad guys doing damage, uh, it's so what? They're not prosecutable and in all uh, likelihood, what they're doing is either not a crime in their country or totally sanctioned or encouraged or actually being paid for. So I think the, we're going to see an increased amount of attack coming in from state-sponsored uh, 
uh, folks, and we're going to see an increasing amount of tax coming in from uh, social activists who are not happy with the current administration. And gosh, organized crime is making a ton of money with, uh, with cyber attacks. It's interesting, we are, we're spending a lot of time, and I, I sort of caution CISOs with this as well, we spend a lot of time looking at the newest technology that's coming out because that's going to be an answer to, our, to all our prayers. Uh, generally, that most often not, that's not the case. But we also run the risk of losing sight of fundamentals, losing sight of the, uh, you know, the flossing and, and brushing. Uh, so we wind up bringing in new and exciting products and putting them on, putting them on a ever increasingly weakened foundation. So, so I think, and I think probably if we look at uh, the Verizon data breach report, every year we see them talking about uh, breaches taking effect because of uh, unpatched vulnerabilities where patches have been available six months to a year or more. And we don't do a really good job of vulnerability management. We don't do a particularly good job at identity and access management, we're removing privileges we need to. And I'm not sure we do a really great job at, uh, uh, at change control, but we're changing uh, firewall rules or we're changing uh, security access rules. And, and, uh, and these are the brushing and uh, brushing and flossing issues that if we don't uh, you know, maintain them, don't continue to do the basics. I don't care how good the new houses that we built are, if the foundation becomes weak, the houses are going to collapse. Thank you, Stephen. That was Stephen Katz, former CISO for JP Morgan Chase and Citigroup. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.